Oh dear. Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Coding Podcast, the show where we discuss everything there is to know about app development. I'm your host, Rob J, and in this episode, me and my co-host for the day, Mitch Tabian, more on that later, talk to Android developer Frederick Linares. We talk about app development in Brazil, how he started out building embedded tablet apps for tractors, how he rebuilt an app with millions of downloads and a two-star rating to get it back up to a four-star rating in just a few short months, back into front-end architecture, and much, much more. Now on to the show. So before we get into today's episode, a little bit of housekeeping. Firstly, I want to say a big thank you to at David Cruz UK on Twitter and at a mug of Java on Twitter. Let me just make sure I'm getting that right. And I am perfect for being the first two people to buy me a coffee and therefore donate slash support the show. So I was scrolling through my Gmail this week looking for an email. I can't remember what I was looking for. And as I'm scrolling through, I've got all these emails I haven't read. And I see one that's from my website and it says someone bought me a coffee. And for whatever reason, Gmail didn't think that this was important. So I never got a notification. So I didn't see this message till about two days later um, for one of them and about five days later for the other one. So sorry for the delay in thanking you guys. But I've, I've fixed that now. So if anybody else decides to buy me a coffee, Gmail will know it's important and send me a notification. And then, yeah, so I, it was just super cool. I totally, to be honest, didn't expect anybody would donate or buy me a coffee and support a free podcast. The podcast is free. It has no ads. But I just thought that was super cool. So thank you to those guys um, at David Cruz UK was actually the first guest ever on this podcast. And so if you'd like to go and listen to that episode, episode one, then please do go and listen to it. He's an awesome Android developer. He's also a course creator. Um, and if you're interested in le- learning Android development in Spanish, then that also might be a great option for you. Um, and a mug of Java, I don't know you, but if we ever meet, thank you very much. And maybe I'll return the favor and buy you a coffee. Secondly, I had a lot of great feedback about last week's solo episode. So if you haven't listened to that and you're interested in freelancing, last week's episode was me giving my knowledge and experience on freelancing. And that received a lot of great feedback. Apparently, there was a lot of insightful stuff, which I'm glad to hear. So I think based on that feedback, I'm probably going to do a few more of those solo episodes where I dig into a topic that I feel that I have a good authority around. So if anybody has topic ideas for those kind of episodes or things that they'd like me to talk about, or if you'd like me to expand on freelancing and you have particular questions on that, you can hit me on Twitter at LowCarbRob, or you can hit me in the Coffee and Coding Slack community at coffeeencodingpod.com forward slash Slack. And finally, today's show. So on today's show, I have a co-host, Mitch Tabian. Mitch is a course creator, he is a YouTuber, and he was a guest on episode 11 of this podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, I would suggest you go back and listen to that. It was actually the most downloaded episode in the first seven days ever of this podcast. That was until episode 13 with Vasily Zukanov, who then just destroyed my download numbers. So sorry, Mitch. But also, if you haven't listened to episode 13, I would highly recommend you go back and listen to that one too, because that was also a really good one with Vasily. So anyway, so we did my show and we had a great time. And then he asked me to do his podcast, which we live streamed on YouTube, which was a lot of fun. And we had so much to talk about that we actually live streamed another episode a week later on his YouTube channel as well. And I've been meaning to put those up here as a bonus episode, but I haven't got around to it yet. I've got to edit some of the the live stream audio and record an intro and an outro. To be honest, it's not that much work, but I just haven't got around to it yet. So at some point I will do. But if you're impatient or if you'd like to watch the video version of those conversations that he had with me, then you can find them on his YouTube channel at coding with Mitch. There's also a link in the show notes for both of those episodes. So we had a lot of fun doing those episodes. And then a couple of weeks back, Mitch hit me up on Twitter and he was like, would you like to do a joint podcast? To which my answer was obviously hell yes. And then we kind of talked about it a little bit. And so this is what we hope will be the first of many joint episodes. The video for this will be published on Mitch's YouTube channel. So if you want to watch the video version, then you can check it out there. And obviously the audio version of the episodes we do together will live here. It's not going to be a weekly occurrence. We chatted about it. We didn't want to commit to doing a weekly podcast because we didn't want to force it. 
So we're going to kind of do it as and when we feel like we have something to talk about or we have a guest we would both like to speak to. So that's the schedule. So you'll be getting what you normally get from Mitch if you follow his YouTube channel. And if not, subscribe at Coding with Mitch. And you'll be getting from this podcast what you normally get from me, which is a weekly episode. And some will be co-hosted and some will not and we'll continue to do that for as long as we find it fun i guess and then finally finally from that we'd really like your feedback so if you like this show let us know if you don't like the show or you don't want to see me on mitch's youtube or you don't want to hear mitch on this podcast then also please do let us know and maybe we can accommodate with scheduling i guess i don't know but let us know and we'll see what happens and now on to the show so, um, so what's your name? Let's start with that. Okay. Uh, my name is Frederick, Brazilian software engineer. In fact, indeed, I'm working with Android since 2017. So I'm not so senior like that, but I am a senior software engineer. So what, what, what did you do before Android then? I did many things. Uh, I came from industrial software engineering, and uh, the things there is very, very different. They scale, the scale of the application, so few users. The thing is much, much different from working with mobile applications. So I worked already with artificial intelligence, neuronal uh, networks, uh, optimization systems, industrial systems, uh, soft backend engineering, um, full stack engineering, and uh, now I'm working with mobile engineering. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, like, how how long did you were you a software engineer before you started with Android? Well, I'm working since 2007 uh, when I started a job with uh, neuronal networks and uh, do something like a prediction. And uh, well. I can consider it that my professional start at uh, 2007. Wow, that's a long time. And yeah. um, all kinds of I'm different old. stuff. Yeah, my next question is going to be how old you are, but I generally I don't ask people that because some people don't like to tell their age. But, uh, uh, don't worry. That's, I was going to say, that's not true. Uh, Mitch asks people how, much, how old they are in a roundabout way. <laughs> he doesn't want to ask how old you are. He just wants to tell you that you don't want to answer, so you feel like you have to. Yeah, that's uh, uh, generally it works out for me too. <laughs> I'm a man, and I don't, I don't have trouble with that. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so you started in 2007. That was right out of school. You just started to work as a software well, developer. You got a job. Uh, indeed, I started with uh, de- software development in the college. Uh, my college I started in 2003 electrical engineering. Indeed, my career started very late because uh, my first email was I had uh, 18 years old, you know? It's a- Your first what, With 18 years old, I had my first email. So the technology came to my life very late. So when I started uh, to start engineering with 19 years uh, in 2003, I started to do some codes with uh, C and C++. And well, I have some trouble with that <laughs> because that was my first time. But uh, my professional uh, career uh, indeed uh, started at 2007. Okay, so, so what led you down the path to Android? Because you, you said you've tried so many different things, basically all the types of software development, uh, backend, web, I heard you say neural nets. Um, what, what, brought you to, what brought you to Android? Well, in 2017, until January, I was working in an industrial company, uh, working with driver development, something some like that. And... Uh, Brazil is like, uh, it's not a stable economy, you know? So uh, we are facing a very, very deep economic trouble in the country because of world crisis. And uh, my company fired some, some people there, uh, a small, a small, with a small team of engineers. And uh, I called to a friend of mine, a manager who is worked with me at my first job, and uh, he uh, asked me if I would like to work with uh, MVP, minimum viable product, uh, innovation product, for to develop uh, uh, some tasks with uh, for a new uh, idea with the company. 
uh, was trying to develop, but uh, in, the, in fact, uh, that idea, uh, it's, uh, it was the Android, uh, it was not the first option, okay? We start the project with, uh, in, two, in March of uh, 2007, 2017, and uh, we did some proof of concepts uh, we applied design thinking to, uh, and uh, m uh, myself only with another manager. Uh, I was I was only the technical guy with this project. Uh, we start we choose the uh, the Android for embedded application. Okay, um, so that wasn't the app. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Rob. S sorry, I was going to say, what kind of embedded application was it? Yeah, uh, well. We have, uh, the problem it was, um, we have a farm with uh, the product was oh, orange, okay? That farm, uh, the owner of that farm, it was one of the biggest uh, producers of uh, orange, orange juice, okay? Mm -hmm. So we need to uh, build application for 44, 44 farms, uh, in any farm we have three vehicles, tractors, right? And uh, inside that vehicle, we uh, we would we would um, uh, give some installation of uh, embedded tablet, a tablet, industrial tablet, uh, and That's that tablet, cool. yeah. yeah, and uh, that tablet would uh, it. This application offline first, okay? Mobile offline first. Mm -hmm. uh, so we need to track information of the weight of a big bag, uh, the big bag uh, in uh, 800 kilos. I don't know the the conversion for American units, but it's okay, um, I'm Canadian and he's European, yeah, so yeah, we're good. And <laughs> yeah, it uh, it was uh, a project with uh, uh, a huge challenge because, um, well, we have a, f a pilot and an an uh, another project before, we failed with another company. So the client asked us to provide a best, a best solution which need works with 33% one, one, of the initial uh, budget, right? Right. So, uh, we have a uh, few money for to try to solve a huge, um, a hard uh, challenge that, for example, I have a big bag with 800 kilos and uh, the physical action of any uh, disturb over or oscillation of the big bag, uh, we have uh, a, a very deep oscillation in the metrics on the variables of the system and uh, the, we uh, we don't have money enough for the system so we have on one tablet one uh, bluetooth reader uh, a serial device too and uh, to communicate with the server you know so we have a math challenge uh, beyond the IT uh, challenge too so so this was like, okay, I'm just trying to paint the picture in my head of like what this thing looked like. So it's a, it's a tractor and you have some kind of a weighing device on the tractor, yeah. which yeah. is connected serially to the tablet. And yeah. you want to uh, constantly weigh it while you're harvesting the fruit and then pass that information to your server. But first offline, so just get the thing to weigh it and like get the weight on the tablet, I guess is what you're yeah. trying to do. And you're saying the biggest challenge was the variations in the tractor driving, you know, hitting a bump and then the yeah the, the weight fluctuates or whatever. Yeah, because uh, the challenge was we have oscillation all the time. The process is like that. The tra the tra uh, we have an arm, a big arm in the in the vehicle, which uh, go up with with the the big bag, and uh, the oscillation is uh, keep all the time. So we couldn't stop the process, all right? Because, uh, I don't know, we have three vehicles, any, uh, any vehicle uh, 
take uh, 700 by day uh, big bags. So uh, the production was very hard. So uh, we could not uh, uh, waste the time of the driver. And uh, with that, the static, uh, the static um, situation, like uh, we have a big bag stopped, big, big bag there. And uh, with the oscillation, we have only uh, the acceptance criteria would be 1% of error. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was very hard. So I applied something like a finite state machine, some things like that, uh, graphical analysis of the math uh, of the variables. And uh, uh, with that, we, we found a solution. In three months, the first release was ready. Mm -hmm. And uh, almost a pat patent uh, was born from that project. Can I, uh, can I stop you for a second? I'm hearing a weird noise from your audio. It's like, do you hear that too, Rob? Yeah, it's like a, a like a, a bassiness. And it's like tick, 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 tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, you may be, uh, oh, no, it's gone now. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> Weird. Okay, it's gone. Yeah. Magically. Okay. Cool. Well, maybe it's you, Rob. Uh, return, return. It's you. I think it's you because you, Wait, you on, your on. frame froze. Yeah, hold on, hold on. And then it was gone. Yeah, it's gone. Now it's back. Unplug your mic, plug oh, it back wait, in. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I think I know what this one is. All uh, right. Is it gone? Yeah. Yeah, I knew it. What the hell was that? This is what happens when... So I got a new webcam just to do this interview, and I just realized it's got a mic in it, and Zoom is just using oh. that thing. So I was going to say your time, webcam looks YouTube. way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still not great. I literally just tried it today, and this is... It's good. Like it. I think it's good. Much better than before, right, cool. anyway. All right, yeah, before was the built-in one. It's horrible. Yeah. So. Oh, you're using the built-in laptop mic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah, yeah. God. Yeah. I only, I only do audio. I'm prepared for audio. That's why I got this serious microphone. My webcam is, this is no. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> good, good to see that you're upgrading. Um, All right. So that, that was your, uh, that was your first Android experience building an embedded system, I guess. Right. That's what you would say. Yeah. It that, was the first. Is, yeah. Yes, it was the first. I was going to say that is a serious first time Android experience. Yeah. Though. That's like, that's some. That's pretty serious stuff there. Yeah, some of that stuff yeah. has gone over my head. Yeah. And the uh, rollout, brother, with, uh, a millionaire rollout, all right. So the CEO was in the eye, uh, eager eyes on the project, the global CEO of the company too. So it was really hard, the pressure with my back. <laughs> Lots of weight on your back, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So did yeah. you guys make some money doing that or what? Yeah, because um, trouble with the contract between the client and the, the, the company where I was working, the technical stuff is it's, uh, everything already, already done and ready. But uh, because of trouble with behind the sides, um, the product died, unfortunately. Mm. So there was no like no big payoff at the end of it for you. You're basically just a, uh, like a contract worker working at it. When it died, yeah. it died kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, the technical stuff, it's, uh, it's already done. And uh, it's, uh, well, it's the reality and some things could happen like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what, what was your next job after that, after you finished? How, how long did you work there for? How long did you work on that? And then what was, what was next for you? Well, uh, okay. Uh, my next job would, well, I was working on that company already, working like a consultant guy in another team, de uh, developing other drivers, something like that, for mobile device in Android. Uh, another, uh, another product uh, where I could speak in Android for a mining company, uh, the name, I don't know, I think that is not necessary to speak, mm -hmm. but um, it's, uh, in the same way, uh, it's like uh, again, like uh, like I said for you, in the industrial field, it's different. The mobile applications is uh, it's different, no? Uh, but this this application don't don't has a mobile uh, offline first uh, nature, but uh, in the plant. 
of that industry, uh, the mining industry, some shadows uh, could happen. So, uh, in the same way, we have uh, 1,000 one-tied devices uh, running uh, embedded uh, vehicles and uh, Android uh, to again a legacy system that we are improving the architecture uh, and uh, scaling up uh, that application for another places in Brazil too and uh, it was in 2018 okay so at what, what point did you get the job working for the company that you're working with now? That, for the app that has a million downloads. And tell us what the name of the app is also. Right. Uh, the name of app is Localiza Hertz. Uh, you can find in both platforms, iOS and uh, Google Play Store. Localiza and, uh, Hertz. Yeah, Localiza Hertz. Hi. Localiza, yeah. <laughs> Hertz. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you gotta say it with authority. Yeah, heights or heights, heights. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, uh, I entered there. I started uh, in uh, April of this year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, this app uh, has an incredible history because uh, uh, the app. Uh, had uh, a very um, worked before with a hard framework. Uh, the framework is a pr for a private co company that I cannot speak, unfortunately, the name. But uh, the a hybrid framework, and uh, the things became very hard for the team. So, like uh, for example, today we have, uh, if I'm not wrong. Uh, 4.6 and uh, in, in 5 the yep, review 4. score 6. yeah and uh, 9,000 reviews 9,300 reviews lots of reviews yeah, iOS is 4.9 mm. and uh, but uh, in January uh, of this year uh, I think that in iOS it was 2.3 oh wow yeah and uh Android at 3.3, right? Yeah. But, and uh, it's very interesting in history because many things, the things become changed, changed uh, in 2019. The company decided to change the things that they're available. This, this is the main mobile application of the company, you know? And uh, you can, you can, do a reservation of your car with that with that application, for example. So our company is about rent cars. Okay, so you imagine. And uh, okay, the restructuring of uh, architecture, the languages, uh, everything changed for the the app in 2019. Begin this the project indeed started to change in, to, in the middle, uh, in, in June of 2019. Well, that is a great transition into talking about the technical stuff, because mm -hmm. you're claiming that in 2019, they uh, drastically changed the code, is what you're saying, and it had some garbage ratings, or very below average ratings, you know, in the twos on iPhone and Android, and now both of the ratings are quite a bit higher, 4.6 on Android and 4.9 on iOS. So that's, yeah. and that's in only a year's time. So yeah. that's, that's the pretty incredible. No, the first release of the new version, it was in February of this year, in wow. Carnival. I mean, that's even more amazing because that's like such a short period of time for the, the app to change so much. So what yeah. happened? Like what was, what was some of the, we'll start with the big picture. What are some of the big picture things that you guys did? And then we can get more and more technical because I know there's a lot of nerds listening and they would love to hear about that. Right. So uh, the first thing is uh, we, have, we have two platforms, right? In 2019, uh, the team... Uh, was facing some problems to find, like uh, if I, a problem like uh, we work with a cross-platform, uh, we work with a native platform, we have 
a bad, bad, very bad experience with uh, hybrid platform. Uh, but uh, the main uh, uh, what was the hybrid is, platform? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, <laughs> no, nothing against uh, hybrid platform. Uh, I may have another mindset, but uh, the experience with this that framework that you they were working, no one knows that for the, that framework in first place. All right. So it's uh, I cannot speak the name, but uh, no one knows. So so it wasn't like PhoneGap or React Native or anything. Like no. That. No, no, okay. no. It's like based in JavaScript, but uh, no one knows this framework. It's a private framework, right? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, no wonder yeah. there was so many yeah. problems. All right. I've, I've never heard someone rolling their own uh, hybrid framework. Neither that sounds I. crazy. <laughs> the business contract over this framework it was very, very expensive, brother. So very wow. expensive. Yeah. So, okay. The people, uh, okay. Uh, Flutter. Uh, we didn't find so much specialists in Flutter, and uh, the team have a deep knowledge of uh, nati native language. So the good choice would be like that. Huh? Okay, uh, the company could pay by the uh, good engineers that the base no the base's uh, language was uh, Java, Kotlin, uh, in iOS, Swift. So. Uh, the first choice it was okay native native uh, development. So the structure of the project began with that. Kotlin uh, would be the for Android our choice because uh, Google was investing many things in the platform, and uh, after the architecture indeed inside the platform uh, it was MV MVVM um, a modularized modularized. Uh, application too, and uh, but the main concern that improves everything in that uh, solution is the BFF backend for frontend uh, architecture, which changes a lot the experience of the development of the engineers because uh, the team came from uh, knowledge of web systems and uh, its web systems they. The, man, the management of the API, the version of the API management is very different from mobile systems, okay? So the team suffered a lot before and I uh, would like to change the things. And uh, in my concern, I think that the application of the BFF uh, provide a great uh, experience for the so development. So back end for front end. Can you tell us more about that? Well. Backend for frontend, it's like uh, okay, you remove, you uh, you try to avoid to put in some kind of intelligence business rules in your app. Okay, your app is dumb. Oh, uh, okay? I see. Okay, in, and uh, in the backend, have all the rules, all the the API management uh, get some the intelligence of the core. The systems, the app. Uh, uh, the reason of the app is show data to the to the user, and, and uh, uh, the user give some inputs on the in the app. But uh, the true intelligence of the system is in the back. In the back gotcha. End. That makes sense. So it's just a dumb UI, and then the back end has all the logic and just tells it what to display. It was the second time which I faced this kind of architecture. So, so how does that work? You, it, like, there's literally no intelligence, or just very little intelligence. Like, does it just uh, user gets an input? It it sends like all of these requests to the server. The first thing that comes to mind for me is like, okay, what what about offline? How does offline work? If all the intelligence is on the back end, how does it handle if the if there's no network connection or poor network connection or something like that? Well, when you think about uh make a reservation in the mobile device. Brother, have uh, many things, it's a road behind of the mobile device, no? Do you think to need that in uh, the company? It's, there is a business scenario too. Uh, it's facing a digital transformation in the company, localizer. We are raising 
good engineers there taking uh, bringing good engineers specialists in the market to change the scenario this scenario changes in 2019 too and uh, that is a reason uh, again to make the app different mm -hmm. and uh, well in the, behind the scenes like uh, you make a reservation all right i want to uh, do a reservation of that model of the car or model not a group of the car right and uh, okay you request uh, some data from the backend you have a backend uh, which make interface straightforward in my app but uh, this interface the backend for BFF is only a gateway uh, even he does has a cache strategy because it's not necessary, right? So you don't, oh, so you don't even have a caching strategy? Not in the backend, which makes uh, a direct uh, interface with our system, which provides the APIs for our system, because our systems uh, use APIs only from one system, this BFF, all right? But uh, behind this BFF, are our entire ecosystem of monolith um, microservices deploying the kubernetes and uh, many apis there and uh, for example so only uh, give you a uh, idea we have almost more than 600 uh, employees working in this environment right so the system is uh, incredible uh, big and uh, for make a reservation, you go there, the request this API to the backend, the backend use a API gateway, the API gateway uh, go give your the right direction for which API he, he will uh, request the information. The request information needs necessary, find some uh, by balance, load balance and uh, some kind of algorithm to discover if you have uh, cars there and uh, we use big data for make some predictions if you you have um, uh, cars for you pr to provide to the client so and uh, there are many things there inside that sounds very cool but I'm still confused about the offline how it how Go ahead. I, I was I was gonna say so two things well no three things one I really hope that message that popped up is on the video i don't think it would be because that'd be amazing that would be funny yes thank uh, you zoom by the way i didn't know it was a paid <laughs> service if you go uh, past yeah, 40 I think, minutes i think it's 40 minutes yeah 40 minutes free, i've never used zoom before like i said this is my first time and we've exceeded the 40 minutes that apparently they gave you for free yeah. at least they gave it to us that's very kind thank you zoom thank you zoom <laughs> and then the other the other one i was going to say is i just realized if you hit participants there's a button that says raise hand so then if one of us wants to talk, we don't have to. I like, was wondering about that. Yeah, yeah, I think it only, well, I can only see it show up in participants if I raise my hand now. I don't know why I did that in real life. Let's click it. Let's hold on. I got to. Low hand, raise hand. I like this. We work it out as we go. Um, but what I was going to say is I'm I'm assuming that in terms of the back end, there's no, uh, in terms of the offline, there's no offline because you're using the app to make a reservation. So there's basically no offline functionality, right? The same reason why there's no caching because the cache could be out of date by the time you make the reservation. That makes oh, sense. There is right? a cache, cache structure in the backend, not mm -hmm. in the backend of the our system. When mm -hmm. I say backend of our system, is the backend which make con uh, contact. We, we, we will request only from only one backend uh, the endpoints, okay, request information. Mm -hmm. but this backend is like a gateway, all right, for another system. Right. And like uh, we have uh, systems of reservation. Uh, so, for example, uh, the app, the mobile give uh, pass by this gateway, this BFF. So we have an API of reservation. Res the API uh, go under ACL uh, structure for the reservations like in the cache, using cache like apifrabic, uh, you understand? Uh, it's like a layer of anti-corruption, HCL. Mm -hmm. uh, this uh, there is a kind of cache. They go to another 
request another information of another places, another servers. Uh, for example, we have on-premise servers, we have cloud servers, and uh, they got information from there. And uh, but uh, like you said, uh, we need we have to take some care because uh, we need to update the information. So uh, before we, uh, I th in the first versions of this backend. Uh, they got XMLs for bring the information, but uh, nowadays they update and uh, try to only update the some kind of informations to not mm -hmm. take uh, no, the entire things again, again, and again. You know, and uh, use like a Sybase for and another kind of stuff for to manage these things. The but uh, this backend information. Uh, Hey, they are improving the architecture. Uh, nowadays, if we uh, got request uh, the mobile information for reservation, this guy go to uh, the gateway, the gateway go to for API reservation, the API reservation communicate with another legacy systems and another, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five APIs to get some information is and save. The uh, reservations in a cache of again ACL, and uh, all right. Another improvement would be uh, we will use the straight uh, in a straightforward interface between the mobile and uh, the mobile request and the uh, API of reservation. A Redis cache, a Redis cache. A Redis cache. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and uh, this is API. Again, we communicate with uh, another legacy systems or, and uh, another APIs which needs uh, on-time uh, information, okay? And uh, the future of that backend architecture uh, is like that. Do we have an API gateway, a middleware uh, in this API gateway? But uh, don't uh, make confusion with our Gateway with with does uh, requests directly requests all right uh, that API gateway is like a middleware and this middleware make uh, will make uh, connections with a website because you can make uh, reservation in the web uh, with mobile iOS and uh, Android you make uh, communication with uh, Reservation center in call human being. Uh, you can make uh, this API. This API will make uh, another integrations to with our enterprise channels. So this will separate off uh, reservation API, for example, behind the API gateway. Uh, and uh, this gateway, this API reservation, will communicate again. Keep Redis, Cache, Kafka, too, and uh, with a uh, res reservation database. So, and um, in a future, uh, using GraphQL. So it's a it seems like a mess uh, scenario, but uh, uh, the things become better and better. Uh, the API reservation will be deployed in the Kubernetes too. And uh, because we have a monolith, and uh, we are breaking this monolith into pieces, uh, yeah, in the pieces, and uh, and there is it. Do you have? Uh, you understand? I think I do. I think yeah. I do. I'll I'll repeat it back so that maybe you will tell me where I'm wrong. So it sounds like the the app itself doesn't really have a cache, but you have you have gateways that it's making requests with which have caches into them, like you mentioned a Redis cache. So like say the signal's bad and you go to make a reservation or whatever, whatever type of data you're sending out. You send it out, it goes through, it, the server does its thing, it caches that information. And yeah. then so regard, sorry? It's another information that I, it's only one system. I'm, I spoke, I speak for you. Yeah, it's like a, like you others, have a, right? It's a, yeah. There are many other systems. It's only one system, only one, 
API behind the API gateway, right. we communication with another entire ecosystem. So right. this is the only one. That is another much right, right. Yeah, yeah. So there's one there's one interface that branches out into all of the legacy systems. Right? Yeah. So you make a request, it gets cached, or there's some kind of a caching stra- strategy uh, in the back end. That then branches out into all the legacy systems. And those are the pieces that you mentioned that you're, you're working on individually to improve. Um, yeah. So then you, if you have a bad signal, it gets sent through that interface that one, it's like a one-way street, goes out. Uh, so even if you lose the signal, that information is still cached on the back end. So when yeah. the signal is uh, better or you can manage to get it good enough so it can send out more information, it was cached. So it says, okay, hey, this guy tried to do a thing whatever let's like go to the next step that gets cached so like regardless of how if the signal is bad obviously they're not going to get anything but when they do get a signal it does access the cache on the back end so it's pretty much like you might as well have a have a cache on the mobile device anyway because you know that's that's the first thing that it's touching regardless anyway Uh, yeah even uh, if i speak that uh, there is some cache in the mobile, right? We use the shared preference. <laughs> oh, okay. But only, only some few data mm. of the user, but uh, mm. nothing more. You're right. Cool. Interesting. I've never heard of this uh, this kind of architecture before, but it sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Uh, especially. We don't use any kind of uh, DB uh, in the mobile, like Esquia, uh, uh, or Room, yeah. or something like that. We don't. It's not necessary. Right. Interesting. It's also, um, yeah, like I couldn't think of another way to like deal with a legacy system like that with so many different parts. That would just be, mm-hmm. sounds like a nightmare, but like it sounds like you guys are approaching it a very smart, logical, yeah. kind of piece by piece way. Yeah, it's working. Um, we suffer a lot already in the past, right? Uh, the company learns, the team learns uh, with suffering in some bad <laughs> scenarios before. And uh, we are, like I said, we are uh, in an evolving um, situation that uh, we are analyzing the path, the bad decisions, and uh, we are trying to do the things like now in the right way, and this works, it's worked very well. By the way, Rob, I can't find your, like, put your hand up option that you were talking about. So if you hit participants on the bottom bar and you yeah. see all our names and then in the middle, well, at least I've got a button that says raise hand. I don't. Maybe it's because I'm the host. Yeah, probably because you're the host, actually. Okay. I can't even um, see. You. Can you raise your hand right now just so I can see? Oh, yeah, there we go. Oh, what a little <laughs> kind of little baby icon. I can barely see that. I was thinking it would pop up on the screen, but I guess no, not. There's it's also just... an option that says pop in. Nope, that's something completely different. It's n- Oh, never mind. I can see it. It does go on the screen. Okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. So okay. now I can lower your hand. Get out of here. Yeah. But it's it's uh, it's okay if uh, the information is good or you... Yeah, yeah. This is... No, that's yeah. that's super interesting. I got more questions, but like uh, I asked for the high level and I'd say that was a good summary of the high level. Um very very interesting way to handle like improve upon a legacy system i think like mm-hmm. um i i had one job in my life before i became you know self employed i guess and they had a lot of legacy systems at the place that i worked and it was it was absolutely a nightmare there was like this random thing that only a person knew only one person knew how to use who quit yeah. five years ago it yeah. existed and then there's this other thing that like some guy who works very deep back in the building only knows how to work so you got to go talk to that guy and like figure this yeah. anyway legacy systems are garbage it's a, a nothing but nightmares interesting that you guys decide to put basically what you did is you put a wall up in front of all the legacy systems and then the legacy systems communicate with that wall, and then that wall is the one access point to the apps. Uh, abstraction. It, yeah, yeah, abstraction. And then you, and now you can individually work on the systems, uh, yeah. as opposed to trying to like work on it all at once, which is yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. And then you can swap stuff out, and the front end has no idea that anything's different. So. Yeah, it's a problem that we fa- uh, the team uh, face a terrible problem. It would be in the the first version of the app before this transformation, they communicate with the endpoints uh, directly with, uh, with 
different system subsystems, right? Well, this is was terrible because uh, well, one team uh, needs to make fix some things, uh, rules, and uh, you have a version of your mobile mm -hmm. in the web, in the air, and uh, your version will be there until the end of the world. You know, yeah. there is the problem. You have many versions of the system, so. Yeah. The backhand. Uh, th that is the reason that we take the business rules outside from from the app. This is the first thing. It was necessary, you know. Yeah, great and idea. That helps a lot. Yeah, for those of you who um, want to know more about something like this, this is essentially clean architecture. It's you put a you put a layer of abstraction on top of something to separate out the different uses of it. Yeah, but a clean architecture don't uh, don't um, yeah it works pretty well. But uh, you can use clean architecture and uh, make bad things like uh, oh I'm using clean architecture right I'm giving some abstraction and my view view model is uh, called a, a use case all right so but uh, this use case communicates still communicate with the wrong endpoints. You know, with the many subsystems, if you still keep this, you will have trouble yet, you know. So, um, the thing is, okay, you can apply any kind of architecture on your mobile, but uh, if you keep the rules inside the mobile, brother, depending on your, your ecosystem in the backend, you will have a serious trouble in the future. Yeah, definitely, definitely you can. I see exactly what you're saying. Basically, you you guys have sort of like applied clean architecture to the back end. And like you, uh, you the, uh, the back end, uh, the architecture of the BFF is Onion on the derivation of hexagonal architecture. Say, say it again? Onion architecture. Oh, Onion architecture, right, uh, okay. So, uh, so you, um, you mentioned a bunch of other things in the email that I sent you. Um, one of them being camera X, for example. Uh, what are what are some of the new some of the new kind of Android tools, I guess, that you guys are using in the app, like Android X? Well, Android X. Or sorry, sorry, uh, not Android. I meant camera, camera X. X. Yeah. Camera X. Uh, you use few things because uh, we have um, digital signature, and uh, we take the photo of the face. And uh, of the of the user, and uh, after the signature, but uh, it was few things. It's not not so much intelligence over there, right? And uh, yeah, there is it. It's a very simple script so, uh, using so, camera so, X. So maybe a different question, or a different version of that question is: What are some of the more interesting things that you've implemented in the app? in terms of the mobile app itself, itself, yeah. I think that's what you're getting at, Mitch, right? So, yep. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think that, um, well, one of the best things which it's done is the modularization uh, because, uh, okay, we are applying MVVM, but uh, for me, if you apply, I have a private, uh, a private thought is, uh, okay, you can use MVP, MVVM, MVI, I don't know. It's only a kind of organize your information and you write your code. And, uh, but uh, the truth is, uh, the modularization helps a lot uh, the app because uh, the backend uh, follows the DDD, right? And, uh, domain drive design. And uh, concept, and uh, we are future. Uh, we are creating models by future. Any model have your own domain, all right? And uh, this give us a clean, clear idea about what we are, how we are organizing the things. And uh, well, nowadays, if someone, uh, for example, would like, I oh, know, I want to organize the team inside in, uh, over some submodels, so we can take these models with your domain, something like that, organize the information in another teams, and uh, make a, whatever, I don't know, 
uh, marketplace or super app, it would be easier because we could split easily the physically to the repositories, for example, for some subgroup of models. And uh, this is a kind of idea that I'm trying to develop with the team together to make the things smarter. Like, uh, I know I will have uh, two guys uh, working a pair in this model. This model works a reservation. I know I have another two guys working another kind of technology. I don't know, Flutter, maybe, why not? And uh, this model is working, I don't know, uh, uh, digital signature or something like that. So physically splitting the repositories would be a good idea because uh, the continuous integration would improve to another step. And uh, yeah, I think that the, the best thing that happens inside the app uh, beyond the language, beyond the arch clean architecture, is the modularization. So when you're talking about repositories, are we talking about like you have a Android Studio project or an Xcode project and then you have separate modules in there for each feature or are you talking about literally splitting them into different, say, GitHub repositories? Or well, I got that wrong? before I answer your, this question, it's important thing that uh, both teams, iOS and the Android teams, equalize in the same way and try to follow that equalization of the architecture. Mm -hmm. uh, in iOS, they follow the same structures of clean architecture, MVVM, and something like that, like uh, in the Android, all right? And uh, that idea raises because, uh, I, uh, okay, uh, today I, I work with Android, but I want to work with iOS, so it would be easier to understand the rules, okay? Mm -hmm. All right. But uh, uh, about uh, you make a question about uh, continuous integration, something like that? No, so when you're talking about the actual modularization, closer, like, like sorry, get closer. Yeah. Okay, cool. You got me? Yeah. You can hear me? Yeah. Sure? Okay. You're also really quiet, by the way. I don't know if that's my mic. Uh, meet. Your sound is uh, it's a low, low sound there. Low sound? Yeah. It's, oh, no, I'm really loud. It's been good the whole time, but just now it's quiet. Um, how about okay, now? No, no, it's <laughs> somehow my mic volume dropped to half. Okay, now it's back up. Is it good this now? Is why we, this is yeah, it's good. This is why we like technology. What the hell? Like mic volume just randomly dropped to sixty percent. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, another uh, one thing. On uh, after, I would like to speak the name of the team. I think that would be very good. You uh, may I after the team of say whatever you like. You are right. Yeah. Okay, it would be great. Um, so did you, was your question answered, Rob, you think? Uh, no. So my question was like, how does it, in terms of the modularization, how does it actually look? So, you know, let's say if, if I get your GitHub repository and I've got your app, what does that look like in terms of how things are split into modules? Well, today, <coughs> in first place, the repository is the same for the entire team of the Android, right? Mm -hmm. Another thing uh, about the modularization, uh, it's then like uh, you have the app model, of course, and uh, we don't have a, a core model beyond that. We have uh, models uh, split in, in libs, for example, network model, uh, API, uh, UI model, um, some things like that. And uh, the most important is not these models because these models is like some uh, avoid boilerplate code, all right? But, uh, the models that uh, translate the business things is the features models. We have, I don't know, uh, seven models like that. Yeah. And uh, like, I will, I will open the, the project here and I will say for you better. Uh, we have, uh, for example, um, okay. Uh, a signature, digital signature model, for example, mm -hmm. uh, sh um, reservation model, contact model, FAC, uh, frequent ask, ask question model, fidelity model, uh, and another kind of reservations, types of reservation models. So, 
and uh, the, this is the way that we are trying to split. And uh, for example, in uh, reservation model, for example, what is what is the difference there? We have, for example, a network there with the API. For example, is the same path. For example, I have an API with uh, the basic URL is agencias. So we have a URL is agencias uh, and a suffix after agencias locally one, agencias locally two, and uh, agencias code agencias. So the domain of the future of the reservation, uh, it's about, uh, it's around uh, agencies, shops, right? Right, okay. And uh, another kind of thing that is uh, easier to understand, I have a future uh, model uh, that use uh, for frequent asked questions, and the domain is like, uh, for example, let me see, I'm sorry, one minute, please. I'll wait here. A fake API, for example. Uh, I have a fake API, fake not of false, all right? It's a FRQ API. So oh, yeah. uh, I have a, a URL uh, like fuck, fuck, and in Portuguese, <laughs> fake, I don't know. Uh, how to speak this in a better way. FAQ, but, uh, we just say FAQ. FAQ, yeah. yeah. FAQ, Back. Uh, uh, FA, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but in first, <laughs> I got this part, all right? No, no, yeah. no, 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 uh, absolutely the, not. Yeah, <laughs> <say> <laughs> that is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but uh, you are understanding, we have another domain, and this future, and the uh, future, and the uh, in-contact uh, model, for example, uh, we organize the things like that. And uh, the uh, this contact model is not up. So these are your these are your modules. You're you're organizing uh, uh, modules. The business this business models. All right. I, yeah. We have app model. They call another models. All right. The other models. The app models knows the other models, but the future models don't know. Uh, uh, not necessarily each one. All right. Yeah. They split. The we split the knowledge and make the things uh, discrete so sizes. Self-contained, right? Yeah. They about they, they, that is an abstraction of the rules, business rules inside the, okay. the any model. But uh, like I said, there are libraries and uh, actions model, authentication model, card model, common model, uh, device model, feature toggle model, localization model, logging model, there are things like that. Cool. You got any other technical questions, Rob? Um, that's a good question. Uh, not that come to mind. I probably do, but none that come to mind and that I think I could fit in the next four minutes. Right, four minutes. I was just looking. I wanted to ask you some stuff about like um, like the job market there. But... Oh, it's a good. It's good to speak. I prepare some stuff about it. Okay. Can you fit it all in in like four minutes? <laughs> Yeah, uh, okay. Before that, I will speak the name of the team. Uh, it's an important okay. thing. The guys is incredible. So, in iOS team, there are David, Mr. Dave. Uh, Should I look uh, these guys up on Twitter? Yeah, uh, we could put there. And uh, oh, I forgot the name of the team. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. Okay, all right. So, there are other guys uh, who eat. they are the true builders of the system because I entered the team after. I would like to speak the uh, great engineers and uh, incredible, they did incredible work of there. You know? I'm not, I'm, I'm not remembering the name. You can message the us the names after yes, and I can put them in the description. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. But, but shout out to the team. Yeah. No but, uh, okay. Uh, let me see. Okay. So what in about Brazil the job market? market? Yeah. Uh, the job market in Brazil, uh, okay, the mobile market it's uh, it's smaller than I don't know backend market or something more general stuff. But uh, for example, in terms of salaries, for example, for a senior Android engineer, for example, in São Paulo we could 
takes uh, in an average salary would be between 80,000 and 90,000 uh, reais, for example. And uh, it's not so bad salary there. In Belo Horizonte, where I am living, it's between seven and 80,000 salary. And uh, uh, the market of software engineer in Brazil is growing up very much. We have more than 10 uh, unicorns uh, here in Brazil, like uh, New Bank, 99, uh, and uh, another uh, iFood, for example. Uh, I don't know if you listen already about New Bank. It's a fintech. Uh, like uh, to enter there, it's like uh, entering in Google. It's very hard to enter there and the, the develop uh, very good uh, software engineering things. And uh, okay, and the mobile market is growing up very much. Uh, have many opportunities, but uh, like I face this year. Uh, when I was in an interview uh, to enter in another company in Belo Horizonte, I faced a, a problem. Like uh, for uh, a specialist in mobile, you don't have so much opportunities yet. There are many opportunities for mid-level, but uh, for example, if I was a back-end engineer, uh, the world is for me. It would uh, have many other opportunities like that. But uh, the things growing up already, like in our company, we have already 30, 30 mobile engineers which works with Flutter, React Native, uh, iOS, uh, Android, and uh, this kind of stuff. So there's lots of jobs, is what you're saying. Lots yeah. of jobs, and especially for, especially for backend. Not only for backend, but mobile is growing uh, very much in Brazil. Uh, indeed, there are many opportunities. I cannot speak the opposite, but for specialists, it's not so much, right? Uh, like a senior engineer, Android senior engineer, you don't have so much yet. I perceive this is my perception, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, if they're developing, if many, if other companies are using uh, architecture like you've described, the BFF backend for front end architecture, there's not really any need for. Uh, an Android engineer with a ton of experience, mm -hmm. you know, they're just... Uh, 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 like, uh, for example, okay, to build the architecture of the our application, you would need to understand very well of uh, OK HTTP, like, for example, beyond the retrofit or modularization stuff, uh, the process, uh, we have a continuous integration process, very good, uh, indeed. And uh, this kind of stuff, you need a senior guy for the developer uh, to to build uh, inter better interface. You don't need, right? For no. to build the the started project, uh, the knowledge behind some things needs some kind of specialization. All right. All right. Well, Rob, if you got if you don't have any more questions, we'll uh, we'll say our goodbyes. Um. Yeah, I have no more questions. So. Yeah, go for it. Just I guess wherever if you if you want to shout out where people can find you and all that stuff, and then we'll link your teams in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. After the show, just give us all the links that you want. We can shout out the people that you mentioned, and yeah, uh, yeah let people we, know. We can shout out whoever you want. We won't know who they are, so you know, family members, friends, Hitler. I, I might throw maybe maybe not that one. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you online? Ah, my Twitter. I don't work very much with inside the community, but uh, my Twitter is Fred Linhares, and uh, my LinkedIn is Frederick Linhares. My GitHub only has a, a, a Bluetooth driver there, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's not important thing. Cool. Well, I had a great time having you on. I learned a lot of interesting stuff. This front end for ba or, uh, back end for front end thing sounds really interesting, actually. Um, you know, I thought I I thought I had a good idea of like the ideal way to build an Android app using MVI, um, clean architecture, making mm -hmm. it testable, maybe use some modularization by feature. Uh, that was kind of how I thought would be ideal to build an app. But now that you've mentioned this back end for front end thing, it sounds really interesting because you, yeah, like you said, it's um, no matter what, if you have business logic in your app, you're going to run into issues if you change something on the back end, um, yeah. especially, or if you're not careful about it anyway. 
So yeah, I enjoyed that. Thanks, thanks, for the, uh, thanks for the tour through your architecture. Big thanks to today's guest, Frederick Linieres. You can find him on Twitter at Freddy Linieres, or you can just click the link in the show notes. That's probably much easier. And you can find the video version of this episode with my co-host Mitch Tabian on his YouTube channel at Coding with Mitch. Finally, if you like the show, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review. You can do that either via Apple Podcasts or via podchaser.com. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so with a coffee donation at coffeeencodingpod.com slash donate. Caffeine is literally what fuels this podcast. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter at lowcarbrob. And if you'd like to connect with like-minded developers and other listeners, you can do so in our Slack community at coffeeencodingpod.com slash Slack. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Coffee Encoding Podcast.